0: about to hear a recorded audio from a live talk given by Justin Gold. For years, these talks were neither recorded nor distributed in any form in order to preserve the experience familiar to seekers of truth throughout the ages. Seek out, approach, and sit with a teacher in person, where they could see you and you could see them. These talks are offered freely, as are all Justin's teachings whether in public or with his intimate group of students. To get the most from these recordings, it is suggested you minimize distractions and, as Justin frequently invites, take what you can and leave the rest. If there were an encapsulated description of freedom. It would be the consciousness of of knowing the subjectivity of our stories, the subjectivities of our stories, that our stories, our personal stories, are not objective realities. They are subjective constructs that we are part of having made and and live. And uh, there are some people that uh, that some of us know a guy who has what you call delusions, what we might call delusions, and he thinks they are mountain lions that are living with him. <clears throat> and uh, he has this story and it's very developed for him and they have colors and they have textures and they have names and he knows these mountain lions, and we would call that behavior insane because his story is not widely held, and his story defies the senses because we cannot see those mountain lions, only he can see them. We can't hear them, we can't touch them, so his story defies the senses, and his story is also not widely held, so he can't go someplace where everybody is agreeing to that story. So we call that insane. But how about our stories? Now, when we hear a story about a suicide bomber, a a maximum tragedy, who has adopted this story from being programmed and where they live and who they know and like that, that something is worth performing this incredibly awful act. That something is worth that. You would say that, you wouldn't say the person is insane. You would pers- say the person is indoctrinated, misled, <clears throat> but recognizing that nobody does that if this is not their reality. It's not, I think I'll go, you know, I'll <clears throat> take a day and do this. It becomes their reality. That story that allows that behavior is their reality and it's their story. The interesting question is what is our reality and what is our story? Because if our reality and our story is our problems, plans, and relationships, we will study those things. We will look for resolve for those things. Now, if the, uh, if, This guy who sees mountain lions would see you on the street and say, hello, how are you doing? Listen, I got a question. I'm really tied up with this problem. What should I feed them? You'd say, what would you say? What could you say? You're talking about someone. It's their reality. It's not your reality. And they're asking you to involve themselves in this conversation of what should you feed them, you wouldn't be able to say anything. You couldn't make a suggestion. It would be like, your reality is not my reality. I don't know what to say about that. Well, your reality is not my reality. My reality is understanding and having the consciousness of the subjectivity of all the constructs that we make. And understanding that subjectivity because I have realized the one reality, not the external reality, not the constructed reality, but was there the reality that was there in the beginning from which everything else descended and broke off and uh, became. So when One person says to another person, I have this problem, I've been living with this person and I'm just tired of it and like that, what do you suggest? Well, that's commonly held, would you say? That doesn't defy the senses because you can see and hear the people involved. But does that mean that there is something actually going on that one person can respond to another because two people share the same constructed reality? Is there a possibility that the more that we talk about and discuss and question and answer these constructs that we've made, the more real they become and no longer are subjective? So we talk about our problems ad nauseum and they become real. We talk about our likes and our dislikes ad nauseum and they become real. They don't become a story like Lawrence Vanderpoel's story because the more that we involve ourselves in juggling these things that we consider to be realities the more they become objective realities so that the speed of sound is about 600 miles an hour the speed of light is 7,000 times that speed of light light and sound now they have in Europe they have uh uh, festivals or, or shows that they called sound and light. They're sound and light shows. <laughs> All in one sentence, sound and light shows. <clears throat> and watch, when you watch a movie, you tune the sound and you tune the light. And when your ear is here and your, your eyes are here, real close, sound and light. 7,000 times as fine seven, thousand times as fast, but all fitting in the same sentence. because we've referred to them, we've talked to them, we live with them, we think about sound and light, sound and light, and sound. The more that we <coughs> absorb ourselves in subjective reality, the more in our opinion that we become that they become objective, so much so, that you think about a person committing suicide and you think, how could they possibly do that? Or you think about a scientific idea where where there are actually uh, elements, there are are existences that can pass through other existences. Because we see ourselves every day as solid so that something could actually pass through us no nothing can pass through me I'm solid but our existence our existence our crea- this creation is made up of <clears throat> a minute particles of electrons and photons and quarks and seconds minute particles of time and moments, minute particles of time with vast spaces in between. But because of our description, they have all compressed, all compressed into what did you do today? Today being seven million seconds, seven thousand moments. What did you do today? I'm really not liking what's going on here. Here being a billion electrons with a billion spaces in between them all compressed into our reality, which is no more a reality than uh, Lawrence Post's story about People traveling across the desert, tremendously enveloping, tremendously exciting, tremendously enriching. So what, did those two people stay together? And that's our reality. Problems, plans, and relationships. So when we meet a person, we, we're, we're, <clears throat> we cross paths with a person that says, I don't know what you're doing out in there in the country, you know. I don't know what you're doing living out there in San Juan or, or Grass Valley or like that. Where it's sad is, you know, in the city, that's where it's all happening. That's where you can make the big bucks. And you look at them and you think, how did you come up with that? But you don't look at your own story because that's their story. Their story looks crazy to you. And they say to you, well, do you think I should get into uh, uh, futures, or should I get into arbitrage, or should I get into trading currency? And you look at them and you think, like, that's all the same. That's not going to bring you peace. But you don't look at your own story and recognize that your story is reality to you. And you suffer through it and you are elated by it, and you are depressed by it, Mm. not recognizing its subjective nature. Mm. That what has happened is not through your deliberateness, but through circumstances, all these particles have come together and you have drawn a circle around them and called them your life, your events, your likes, your problems, your plans, your relationships, your hopes, your your aspirations, all those things. Not recognizing that if they dispersed, you could reconstruct them. And that there are no absolutes. There are only collections of components because life is a sequence of moments. And objects are a sequence of microparticles. And experiences are a sequence of seconds. They are not conglomerate. There is no conglomerate. When you look at things that look solid through a microscope, when you look at your own cells and your own blood and your own tissue <clears throat> through a microscope, it looks like things are floating around in there. Well, things don't seem to be floating around from this, from this perspective. But everything is floating around and is constructed, can be deconstructed, can be reconstructed, but you can't do that. And I'm not talking about metaphysicality. I'm talking about life. You can't do that because you bought the story that you are solid, that it is solid that it is happening in the way that you see it and hear it and feel it. Just as that suicide bomber has bought the story that life is as they see it and hear it and feel it. Just like the mountain lion guy has bought the story that life is in that way. But there is no peace in that life because Since your life is a construct created by circumstances around you and you live it, you have to maintain it. And if it is subject to changes, as all things are, then you have to defend against those changes that you would rather not have happen. You have adopted a full-time job maintaining your illusion of objectivity you maintaining your illusion that everything is as it appears not in a metaphysical way but in an actual way so if you have developed the story that you are a nice person and something comes about where you feel a little selfish You have to excuse that selfishness because you have built a story. And in like a movie, you watch a movie and somebody's really nice and, you know, you're watching like Forrest Gump or you're watching uh, uh, Big or some kind of really nice story. And all of a sudden the guy shoots somebody. You say, what's that doing in a story? That can't be part of that story. That's a different story. But in your own story, you have developed this idea that you're a nice person, you're a kind person, you're helpful. <clears throat> and you're driving, you see somebody on the side of the road and you're in a hurry and I fuck them. <laughs> you know, like that. You have to make, an ex- make up some excuse why that's not part of the story. That's a separate story. You have a full-time job of maintaining the solidity of the story that you told. So you can't tell this mountain lion guy, hey, you know, listen, there's no mountain lions here. Show me a mountain lion. There's no mountain lion. You can't tell a person that. You can't tell a person that, no, you're saying it's important. Oh, what am I gonna have for dinner with him? I'm a vegetarian and all I have is meat. I don't know what to do. The big problem, <laughs> I like that. You know, What should I do? What should I do? You know, this person doesn't like me. Every time I see them, they're, they're nasty. It's a problem. Should I move? Should I stay? I don't know what to do. You have a story. It's a story. It's exactly like the story of the suicide bomber. You are committing suicide with your life. You don't have freedom. Freedom is the understanding of the subjectiveness of the constructs that we make, which doesn't preclude us from living them and enjoying them. The same as when we have kids and the kids are playing a game, and you say, okay, it's getting dark out or it's raining out, come on in. We recognize their game. We recognize that they're enjoying a game, but our game, we don't recognize. (laughs) And enjoyment only comes from the lightness of recognizing its subjectivity. That it's our construct. And that reality, that actuality of recognizing that only comes from knowing the one reality. Because we know there is something that is permanent. It is not a human, it is not a person, it is not a thought, it is not a god, it is not a construct of any kind it's the energy that keeps it all going it has no name it has no face it has it doesn't speak to us and the recognition and the the personal experience of the existence of that something so much so that it becomes our reality, the reality, and everything else is something more subjective, something less serious. Not that we can't enjoy it and play it and live it and love it and participate in it, but the weight that comes from having our life depend on that these stories exist is tragic. Tragic for the suicide bomber, tragic for the mountain lion guy, tragic for the ordinary human, tragic for for everyone. So the question becomes, okay, if that's the case, how do we get from a life of <clears throat> taking our I, I don't want to even say seriously because that's a an expression that can be distorted and misunderstood. But taking the <clears throat> the uh, subjective and recognizing it as objective, how do we go, how do we reverse that? How do we understand the subjective nature of what we've constructed and what's been constructed for us by circumstances? How do we go from the unfortunate participation in this distortion, which causes us Not to identify with the biggest construct that we've made, but with the smallest construct. So we don't see ourselves as human beings. What is your category? I am a human being. What is your category? I am a man. I am a woman. I am a what are those? L G B T V C D whatever it is. I'm one of those. I'm I'm a I'm a Democrat. I'm a vegetarian. I'm a spiritual seeker. You know, more and more and more and more selective. More and more and more and more selective. I am black. I am white. I am yellow. I am green. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. I'm not. I am. <clears throat> Uh, an organic part of the creation, because our stories require us to be selective. We're always being asked, "What are you? What are you? How, how, uh, how? What country do you come from? What's your name? Are you smart?" Are you beautiful? Are you talented? In what way are you talented? <clears throat> All these questions, questions, questions. What is your capacity? What is your skill? What is, so that our stories become so, so tight. And to think of that we could conceive ourselves of ourselves as part of the organic film that covers the earth. We can't. Now, every once in a while, maybe somebody takes a strong drug and for a few minutes they have a feeling like, I am something that I didn't consider myself as expansion happened. But then we come back and somebody says, "Uh, where are you gonna go later? And you start defining everything that you ever defined in the way that you defined it. Not as a human being, not as part of the organic system of this earth, But as a person who does this and who needs this and who owes this and who wants this and like that, that's the product of the disease of recognizing something as subjective, as object seeing it as objective when it's not. Now, if that were the end of this talk, that would be very depressing. Is there some way out? Because all the ways out that we're presented with don't recognize the nature of this subjective construct, so they say, the best way is to become a this become of this, become a spiritual seeker, become a vegetarian, become a Tai Chi person, become a, some new age construct of who you will then become and that something will be objective for you. But it won't. And to actually <clears throat> learn and participate In some endeavor, which will allow your consciousness to go from recognizing your life as objective to recognizing your life as subjective, would require you to cross paths with someone who has that understanding, has that experience of that one reality and that that one reality was their reality So that they could guide you in a way that could lead you there. To the peace that comes from resting the weight of your life on something that can hold it. Not on something that you have constructed or has been constructed for you.